You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. Misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the Mad Ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your searing hot tar salesman host, Cam Harless, and with me as always is your artisanal feather gatherer and seller, hostess, Miss Jessica Green. How are you doing, Jessica? <laughs> I'm wonderful. How do you do? <laughs> I have tea. I have to say British things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a Mountain Dew live wire, which hmm. I'm so happy to have run into again. And I'm sure both you and Dent in the background right now are going, don't drink that crap, Cam. But this is from my childhood, and it's so worth it. Um, so if I have to have a British accent to drink tea, you have to. Oh, you're already in Florida, so that works yeah. out. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm set. Right. <laughs> I just need to go mudding. That's all. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, before we bring in our very esteemed guest, I do want to say a special thank you to those, he's one of them, who makes this show possible. So that's Zen Pro Audio, Burgett Dev Services, Lorenzotti Coffee, use the promo code the mad ones and of course the best 60 second podcast of all time opsec drip and with that joining us tonight is the very best mutual you can have on the twitter machine a benefactor to the voices of freedom subversion and good times a man who's helped make this show what it is and inspires me to be a better man day by day so welcome the man the legend the microphone salesman to the stars dent aka (laughs) dent in the world Oh man, I, I gotta go. I can't follow that. <laughs> How you guys doing? Really good. Glad to be here. Oh my god. Yeah, he does those, and they get progressively longer every time. And so the embarrassment of the person he's giving them to like ever grows. And I think that's his private joy. Right. That like, dude, you mentioned that this uh, Mountain Dew is from your childhood, and I'm like. When the hell yeah, was man. that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I sure don't remember it. <laughs> I'm, 30, I'm 32. Okay. So this was from like middle school, really. I say childhood, but it was really middle school. Yeah. Mountain Dew decided they were going to make an orange flavor, and it's the best orange soda. Wow. Like I, that I will, I'll put my name behind that. Not a sponsor. Wow. So, so is it like orange soda with like a ton of caffeine? As the I'm, delicious dew is known for. I never check. I'm sure it is. But it has that little bit of the extra citrus. So it's not pure okay. orange. So it, it elevates it, I think. Interesting. In a very nice way. Right. <laughs> so it's funny. <laughs> as I was thinking about this, the last episode you were on was the first episode we did as the Mad Ones. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we're yep. coming full circle. Yep. yep. Absolutely. 100 is just around the corner. You were episode 96. Wow. Okay. Huh. So I got, so you know what? That means that this episode is nice depending on where you're standing in the bedroom. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the feminist 69. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 
I did not pick up on that at all. I guess I've really like gone far away from my feminist roots at this point. I'm just proud that we got a nice out of it. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, one thing I need to mention up front is we have actually swapped up kind of our our whole deal and where we how we host things. We're not finished with all the back end yet. But we have actually moved all of our archives to Rockfin. And that is a really cool setup because it's kind of like the Netflix for podcasters. And so if you like Sam Tripoli, Monica Perez, um, Cernovich is on there. Um, So is Scott Adams. But if you like that, if you sign up for on our link and any of them, you get all of their stuff as well. So it's not just you get mine you get mine and Monica's exclusive stuff. And so if you want to listen to any of the stuff we've worked on, Mm -hmm. you get all of our our old stuff. Also, I need to release that special episode that didn't make it, didn't stay on YouTube at some point. (laughs) So that's the cool thing about Rockfin is that you do get the episodes that YouTube tends to remove or look down on. For example, Jimmy Dore is on there. Um, I'm yeah. a pretty big fan, and he's had several episodes removed by YouTube. You can get them all there, and so that's kind of an awesome alternative market. As well as Odyssey, we're we're on several yeah. things that can't on a couple of things where we're not going to be canceled on. Yes. Yeah, I, so I I'm I'm a little behind, but I uh, I signed up from Odyssey and hadn't really paid attention to it before your show last week, and so I went ahead and signed up. So I'm kind of cruising around and looking for stuff. The first thing that like tripped me out was like, you know, what's the first thing you have to look for when you're looking for people who are banned? You have to look, you have to look for Alex Jones. And (laughs) and I looked up and I found Alex Jones Infowars and the guy hasn't posted anything on there in five months. And I'm like, what is Alex doing? Well, he has like band.videos or something. He he does. He has his own little setup, but he should be on there. Right. I, I don't know why he wouldn't just automatically upload to there as well. So that's a little weird. Tim pulls. So, yeah, Tim does. I saw Tim on there very quickly. So yeah, I'm starting to gather a few uh, channels to follow on there. So yeah, God bless those guys. That's oh yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's I just think it's wonderful. Um, but Jessica had an idea this week. And so occasionally we need to, I have those. We need to float <laughs> it to the anyone listening, and you'll see it on Twitter later. Um, but we do want more subscribers. So one of the good things you can do, the easiest thing you can do is hit like and subscribe on YouTube. But starting right now, this minute, if you subscribe to our YouTube, to a, to Odyssey or to a free Rockfin account, if you do all three, you'll, it'll compound, but you'll get a free entry into a raffle for one of our t-shirts. Free t-shirt contest. Nice. So, so if you do all three, you get your name in there three times. But if you sign, if let's say you're already subscribed, I'm going to take care of you. Okay. Rockfin.com sign up for the actual, yeah, give us your receipts. But if you sign up for a paid subscription to Rockfin, you'll get three of your name put in there three times, three tickets basically in the raffle. So, so all you have, just make sure if you subscribe to us that you send us a screenshot of yourself, like with the subscribe button lit. And then that basically gives us a, a ticket for you to be in the free t-shirt contest. Right. And I'll also see all of this behind the scenes anyway. So right. I'll verify it. So I need you we're to, giving I need away. You want it. 
five free t-shirts there are five total to give away and it can be a t-shirt or a tank so if you go to our merch link which is in the description you can see what's available in our merch shop um i have both t-shirts and tanks but i prefer the tank so that's just a personal option there but y'all you can get either and not uh, remind me after it. i'll i'll retweet that for you if you send me the link thank to, you yeah yeah. Sir, appreciate you. One more one more bit of business before we we break into the silly stuff that we're going to talk about. Silly being the overall descriptor of the absurdity that's going on in the world. Um Miss Monica Perez is going to have Jessica and I on one of her disappearing patron parties the first Friday of June. And so she told me that if you join Rockfin, you can also I can send you the link for her secret party that gets deleted from youtube immediately that friday <laughs> so if you want to join us to get very blue like what we do on our show with monica sure. but in monica's space yeah do that that's awesome. i will share a link <laughs> we got to get her on locals she's great yeah yeah <laughs> and she out parties both cam and i which is a difficult task. So that's <laughs> off to Monica. <laughs> a lot of energy. <laughs> uh, so today, the uh, what's his name? David Chipman is oh. the guy who there who Biden has picked to run the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency. You know that happy little group of men and women who killed and burned the people in Waco not that not that long ago. And Go allegedly massacre. he was he was there, and allegedly it's on his resume. I don't know about right. that picture. I don't know if that picture's him. Can't say that, but his resume says he was there. Right. So yeah. he's a piece of he's a piece of poop. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying not to curse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a right now. <laughs> he's a, he's a yeah, real I know. <laughs> Jeez. It's insane how um, little that means um, to certain people out there. And of course, right. a lot of the clips that I saw being shared were people who were obviously offended by his stances on guns. You know, he's, yeah. um, you know, he's signaling, you know, the, the AR-15 always, you know, tells you what people think about uh, gun control. And there he was. Uh, but it's amazing that people don't make a bigger stink about Waco. Um, I mean, it seems like bare minimally, wasn't he involved in um, sort of helping them get through the Waco situation? And yeah, uh, he was and- at least there in some capacity. Right. Um, one of the things that today there was a clip of Ted Cruz grilling him. And the first thing he said was, um, uh, thank you, Senator Cruz. I thank you for giving me a Dr. Pepper when I came in today. It reminded me of my time in Central Texas. And I was just like, yeah, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he very well may have the contempt for people that people have for him. So yeah. it's complete from his perspective. It's completely um, moral and justified to take that kind of a poke. Well, and, and he followed up because Ted Cruz asked him, uh, would you want to ban the AR-15? And so he, he his his the the short version of the answer was uh yes i want to ban the ar15 but all i can do is go, do the laws that are currently on the books but he wants to take them yeah. 
which means he's the enemy. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> right. And it's, and it's barely controversial, you know, that's, yeah. that's the other side of it. Yeah. Huh. Well, good luck finding them. <laughs> I don't have one. If you want, right. Who's, who does? They're all so, gone at the bottom no of the one, seat. No one owns that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it would be insane to, to, to let anyone know that you own guns. I mean, it's, so, it's, <laughs> 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 Jessica keeps telling me, don't tell people that what you have. And I'm like, but then I couldn't make my jokes, Jessica. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly enough, in South Carolina, our governor signed a new law that does a couple of things. It kind of goes halfway to constitutional carry. So yeah. the state is still requiring training. Now, I have a um, I have a concealed carry permit. So what's going to happen is later this year, it will convert to me being able to open carry or conceal carry. Um, mm -hmm. No problem. But you do have to have the permit, which means that you have had, you know, a couple hours worth of training. Um, obviously, I mean, that's not ideal. I get it. But when I'm walking across a dark parking lot, um, I don't, you know, I'd, I'd rather have it on me. And if something happens, yeah. I'd rather not be the one that goes to jail. And mm -hmm. um, but well, here's what's interesting is that half of the law is dedicated to stating that the state of the state of South Carolina is in no way able to enforce federal gun laws. So again, it's kind of a half a step to constitutional carry. So the state itself will not allow, uh, the federal government can't say, oh, well now here's this, and then South Carolina has to comply to it. They have written down and he has signed in a law. Nope, we ignore that, we don't do that. So it is interesting, it's, you know, there. They found, a, a, I guess, a pretty decent halfway point. I'll take it. Um, aside from that, I'll never open carry. But um, um, it is interesting. I, I just, I would have hoped that they, I would have hoped that they would have just gone to constitutional carry. But what are you going to do? It's halfway. Well, and and that's the thing. Like Texas is trying to do permitless carry right now. Yeah. And I'm like Florida. What the hell's wrong with you? Like I don't really want to open carry, but the fact that I right. can't, right, really bugs me. All right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Especially um, because there are laws in Florida about concealed the concealed weapons, which I hate the laws, the gun laws in Florida. Like, I don't know how DeSantis is leading the nation with COVID, but crapping the bed with guns right now. Sure. Right. Um, yeah, you'd think he'd really be building that base, even as even just politically speaking. Right. You'd well, think he'd really be, you know, pulling that in. When I was looking into whether or not Florida allows open carry. The thing, the first thing that came up was this case where a guy had just bought a gun and he was concealed carrying it and his shirt came up. And so they considered that open carry and arrested him. And, you know, he, he was guilty. They made, they, they charged him. He was guilty of open carry. Wow. And so that makes me very unhappy. So I'm, I'm pissed at you to Santa's over this. Get your shit together. I curse. Yeah. Right. I'm totally <laughs> watching. The closest thing to open carry that I ever go, I don't know if you're familiar with the Sneaky Pete holster, um, but it also, it, it kind of looks like a, um, oh gosh, like an old PDA belt clip. You remember the PDAs? Everybody had their PDA yes. on their, okay, back in like the late 90s and early yeah, 2000s. Yeah. So it's about this big. It's a fairly hard, it's really a fairly hard case and it's got a magnetic close on it so that if you need mm -hmm. to creep it open, you're not ripping Velcro by the, behind the guy whose head you might right. be about to 
try to blow off. But uh, the it sneaky Pete like is very cool. It does. It, it, it looks kind of yeah. big. Uh, but I do have a sneaky Pete that it does very well with my 380 and my 32. And um, mm-hmm. I like it if I'm in a situation where, I'm, um, first of all, I'm wearing a belt. It is kind of cool to have that. Even if a shirt's hanging over it, it's kind of nice sometimes to get it right there. That's as close mm-hmm. to open carry. But that um, the guy that actually taught the course, right, where I got my permit, he is the guy that hit me to it. He's like, this is legal conceal. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll buy one. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is a good product. And they have one in pink. Oh, <laughs> oh man, yeah. They, I think Amazon even has like an excellent selection of the Sneaky Pete stuff. Yep. Okay, good to yep. know. Sneaky Pete just makes me think of the hot dog chain in Alabama. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know of this, but there's a hot dog chain in Alabama called Sneaky Pete's. And so it's like Sneaky Pete's the way hot dog should be. And so anytime someone <laughs> says Sneaky Pete in any other context, which I've heard in a f- surprising amount of times, I've heard Sneaky yeah. Pete and I've been like hot dogs. Right. I never ate there because I didn't want the onions and stuff on it, but still. Isn't there an Amazon dogs. series called Sneaky Pete? Let's I don't find know. Out. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's why you're hearing about it. Let's find out together. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that there is. <laughs> But yeah. I like the Jamie, but I'm slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I was going to say, though. Um, returning to David Chipman, who I swear to God, that man is not a David. He's a Dale, if I've ever seen one. That looks like a Dale. Have yeah. you ever seen this man's face? When he's not looking like Nick Nolte after a drunken binge, he looks like a dude named Dale. Wow. And I think I, I saw someone describe him. <laughs> they said he looked like a Tempur-Pedic mattress. Oh, my gosh. That's great. <laughs> like, you know, when you shove your hand into it and it looks all, like, malformed. Like, right. I was like, that's weirdly accurate. <laughs> I just misread a comment. And I, I, I have a new joke because of that misreading, which is, have you gotten Michael Malice's new book, The Anarchist Handjob, yet? <laughs> oh dear definitely read that one wrong what's what's up with malice hitting number two for all of amazon what? he peaked he peaked at number two i don't know where he is right now uh, i bought it on kindle i'm gonna wait to do the autograph you know copy through his website but uh right yeah he peaked at number two I didn't. The last I checked, he was at five, and that was earlier today. Well, so new releases, he went to number two. Yeah, I think he went to yeah. number two about two or three days ago. Yeah, and then and I think Mark Levin has beaten him, which is a travesty. It's it's I've the number one bestseller on Amazon, you guys. It is the number one bestseller on Amazon right now. Michael is. Yes. Yes. He's it's actually number at one. number one. So number one is the paperback and number two is the Kindle edition. He is occupying both the one and two spaces at the same time. And he used no publisher or go between at all. And on top of that, I I have to tell you, he did nothing to really promote the book other than, you know, going on podcasts and talking about it and things and putting it on locals and Twitter and stuff. He, so he's got a lot of guys who are obviously on his side that have um, talked about it as well, but Talk about like almost no promotion. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, he didn't he I think he first had the idea for this book. I think he announced it on Locals 
like three months ago or something. Yeah, it was it was it was not a long time frame at all. Yeah, and and he went from idea to the number one bestseller and number two at the same time. Number one and number two, yeah. Wow. Occupying both spaces at the same time. I mean, as a writer, that has to be like a crowning achievement. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, and especially getting your laurels. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and he purposely cut out the middleman. He just skipped everybody and said, I'll just do it myself. And I think he said that the amount of money you get from royalties off of this is like six times more than what you get from uh, actually using a publisher. God bless. (laughs) He's going to be able to do a lot more videos where he does nothing but smell expensive candles. Yeah, right. Yeah, and maybe his townhouse in uh, Austin will get a little bigger. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) But but to be fair to that, I watched that entire stream and it was like two hours long. (laughs) I watched that man smell candles for two hours. Some of those are cool. Some of them I had to bail, yeah. but yeah. That I was like- when he, he followed me on Twitter was when I had bought the last $7 of the Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candle. Oh. And that okay. was that was like the last, because, you know, I'd, I'd interacted with him somewhat before, but that right. was the time was when I was like, I want to know what this vagina smells like. <laughs> Get that stink didn't her I candle, her vagina candle exploded and someone sued her because her vagina candle exploded? Excuse me, let me look this up. Yes, there was a story on that probably a couple of months ago. <laughs> so, so someone said that we would be 45 minutes in before we mentioned genitalia and we're only 22 minutes in. Oh, so well, get that your was shit Josh. together. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Josh, I weigh in cap. 20, 22 minutes it took us. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so her... There's a claim that her $75 candle exploded. Excuse me, if your co- if your candle costs $75, it should not explode. No candle should explode. <laughs> so, going for Michael Malice, there is something that I, I I talked I thought about talking about that's been Jessica and I have talked about this a lot, but hero worship and how this is this has been something that's been like brewing and there's been so much of it that we've seen and it, it eats at me. How do you feel about hero worship, Dent? Well, the only thing you, <laughs> you have to it? do is st- the only thing you have to do is um, find a couple of things to completely wreck that person uh, on a human level. And mm-hmm. you've basically taken a concrete block and tied it to the thing that you uh, we're hoping that that person would help you accomplish. So I suppose once mm-hmm. it gets to a certain size, right? Can't you find dirt on just about anybody? So sure. just about. Seem, seems like a dangerous, seems like a dangerous approach. Sometimes it could just be personality, right? Yeah. Like some people just don't want to hear the way a person talks or the, the way that they say things, you know, I mean, look at Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people that it's I know. Here. Example. He's a great example yeah. of a guy who, um, you know, let's be honest, Trump did some pretty cool things like cut taxes and regulations and stuff like that. Yet I knew conservatives here in the South that just hated his guts because they couldn't stand that. Um, I guess it was that the whole New York thing, which I I think is great. My mom was from Jersey and I've spent plenty of time up uh, up north as well. I thought it was great uh, and actually liked the personality. But, man, he lost a lot of people just on that. So. I think Trump is a good example of what that can get you. 
Um, so you, well, you really believe that, in this guy, but he's a huge target. I've also seen people who really did take worship of Trump to an extreme to the point where like once it was clear that Biden was going to be the next president, they were still like, no, 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 there's going to be a giant coup and all these things, which the um, the insurrection, if you want to call it that, did not help. <laughs> right. Weakest like, insurrection of all time. The melee. But yeah. We had a, a friend who was like a true blue Q person on our Facebook that we were kind of watching during the election. We were like, is she going to kill herself? Like, right. we didn't know what would become of her. And she just sort of stopped talking about it. Never sort of acknowledged it. But she really believed up until like the 12th that uh, somehow Trump was going to like come out and i'm like that's oh. that's faith that's like godlike faith in something that is clearly not still, gonna there are still people who think that donald trump is running the country from miralago and that yeah. biden is some sort of i don't know what you would even like a charade and he's really controlling yeah. the country like I I don't know. It's a, <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, if you want to tie what you um, say that you believe, you know, to a person, Trump got disappeared harder than any person who was at the top than I've ever, ever, ever seen in my entire life. That they have, oh yeah, they have disappeared that guy so effectively that you just don't even really think about the guy to tell you the truth. And um, so yeah, there's another reason but, like don't make him your hero. They messed up with Kennedy and they put a bullet to him and they made him a, a martyr. And so they can't make martyrs out of, they figured that out. Like, Hey, we can't make a martyr out of this guy. So they, you know, basically um, laughed him into obscurity or, or scared people into thinking that he was like a fascist or he was, you know, basically going to do all the things that his supporters truly hoped he was, which was subvert an election. Yeah. So there's everything about our electoral system is now in shadow and in doubt. And in a way that's good. I don't know if, if, if we want, like the faith and authority to be shaken, we certainly got that. So yeah. for all of his faults, Trump certainly delivered a, a you know, possibly killing blow to the, the belief in authority in this country. True. And I think that he delivered the blow to the only people that were kind of open to it, to accepting it, right? Which is conservatives, mm -hmm. um, you know, just about anybody on the right. You know, let's face it. I mean, progressives, they're all in, um, mm -hmm. you know, they, they're not going to be open to any of those ideas at all. So for yeah. Trump to, to for Trump to take like these sort of uh, again, one of my favorite um, uh, tweets of the of the Trump presidency was Michael Tracy saying Trump's not exactly going to deliver a lot of really different stuff. He mm -hmm. ruined the pageantry. And it's why these people absolutely hate his guts and right it's on. one of my favorite tweets from the Trump presidency because it just absolutely defines those four years. Um, and, and again, I, you know, Trump did some good things. You have to give him full credit. He did some horrible things, too. But man, that says it all. But like he desecrated the temple. He made yeah. what was holy unholy. And in, in fact, when those protesters broke into the Capitol during the one six insurrection, um, that's what one of the Congress people had said, like this holy space has been, um, you know, micturated upon. I don't know exactly what the guy said, but I was right. like, what a, what a, I'm not, I'm not going to, yeah. what a Gwyneth Paltrow candle that guy was. Yeah. There was even, <laughs> uh, wasn't it like a, there was a security guy, I think that was in the Senate 
And he said something along those lines when those guys came into the room. Like he said, this is like a really sacred place, bro, or like something like that. And I'm like, man, that is just horrible. But right. I mean, Trump, listen, another favorite Trump moment of mine is he was talking shit about um, Nancy Pelosi. And he didn't say that her policies were bad. He didn't say that she was wrong. He said right. that Nancy Post- Pelosi is a horrible person. <laughs> and for for the most powerful wrong. guy in the world, politically, let's be honest, to say that about another person who's right there in the thick of it with them, that's a really, mm-hmm. really powerful thing. And it just tells you why they had to have really hated his guts. He, he would just go ahead and outright say, no, 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 no. You're a horrible human being. <laughs> no one would ever do that. And you got to admit, um, those times where he would have someone from the press just just buy the scruff and he'd be like, no, you're a very stupid person. I just <laughs> that was some, that was some candy <laughs> because I mean, and also, you know, we, we mention this all the time in our circles, but the fact that that press is the enemy of the people and he showed that for what it was they exposed themselves he didn't like in any way make them do that they were so unable to process him that they did it to themselves and now we all know because i didn't know before trump and after trump i can see it so you know that's something to be thankful for him too so like there's a reason he got maybe to that hero status but it's it's super dangerous for people to like continue to elevate him to like a god or something like that like conservatives you should see what he exposed the system as and then take it from there like don't stay in the trump moment you need to move like beyond the trump moment to recognize what was exposed sure and he kept them in place on a lot of things like, um, you know, oh, we we love our we love our beautiful police. You know, he would like say things like oh. that. Right. And, and right. And, and of course, it's that's a tough one for conservatives until you remind them. Well, OK, so let's I tell you what, let's go ahead and say that Nancy Pelosi is in charge. Let's go ahead and say, say that Chuck Schumer is in charge. That's it. What Chuck Schumer says is law and you must obey the law. Who's coming for your guns? And um, mm-hmm. so, but he kept them right there with he, David he would, Chipman. Yeah, David Chipman. That's right. He would always <laughs> remind them of how oh, we, we love our beautiful police. And it's like, ah, you know, it's like if 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 conservatives need to wake up to one thing, it's that. And I think the way to sell it is through gun rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Elephant Man in the chat pointed out that uh, the press, not the press is not the enemy of the people. I meant that in the sense that the press in its current form i don't mean the idea of what the press is supposed to be or the fourth estate or any of that i think that that is important um but in its current form it's not a good thing it's forever form but no what i was gonna say though (laughs) is let me just because of that let's say journalism has done very good thing i just i I gotta give you some pushback uh (laughs) journalism has exposed the state the corporate press is what we're talking about we're not talking about that thank you we're not talking about tim pool or you know any of the other people who are on the ground we're not talking about independent journalists right. we're talking about the corporate press which has always right. been the enemy um which i want to clarify for thank you i do want to say that actually i think maybe one of the things that michael malice his the biggest success i think he's had is that uh ron DeSantis, when he talks to the press and calls them out he calls them the corporate press mm-hmm. he uses michael malice's terminology when wow. he's going at them. And that is, that is incredible. 
you have to admit that he's using anarchist words just like Barry Goldwater did back in the day. <laughs> yeah, true. Right. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's it was it was surprised me because you know Tulsi picked it up too, but they're a lot closer to one another through friendships and other yeah. shows and locals but, and stuff. Yeah. Right. And then you've got but you've got Ron DeSantis using anarchist terminology. It's like yeah. Mm. Mm. It's good stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> um but what I was gonna say though is um, you know, when you kind of move into the freedom space in the zone of anarchism libertarianism whatever you notice all of the hero worship of the trumps or the obamas or not not really joe biden because joe biden is just on the coattails of obama it sure. any anything that he's getting is from the obama from obama even his period. supporters don't support him i know people who are like joe biden supporters they're kind of like eh, i mean he's better than the other guy that's as much as they'll give him yeah right. no more mean tweets but you, you you see you see that and you walk away from it and then so many people that you run into just create themselves new heroes to worship mm -hmm. and that's something that i've noticed you know i mean i i love dr paul but dr paul can be wrong i love michael malice malice can be wrong but there are some some people wearing priestly robes and following people around and i'm like gotta chill out man it's too much <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, like Ron Paul, for example, I, I love uh, Ron Paul as well. I love everything that Ron Paul stands for. Yeah. Um, but when you go back and look at the record, um, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of movement there. Let's put it that way. So even even his even his politics didn't really move uh, the needle. I think that it woke mm -hmm. up a very small segment of the country. And so you, you do see people who are kind of latching on to that um, now, right? Um, yeah. it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the Ron Paul revolution 2.0, I guess, maybe. Maybe that's what they say it is. Um, maybe that was a seed, and from that seed has grown something of a plant, but yes. it started as a seed, for sure. Yes, and, and, I, and I respect it, by the way. I mean, I, I really do. I respect everything uh, that he's done. Uh, but at the same time, I mean... You know, I, I ran a poll uh, this past week, you know, like, where is the Ron Paul revolution best served, the LP or the Republican Party? And um, at least from my followers and people who shared it, most people said that it was the Republican Party. And, you know, that's Ron Paul largely chose the Republican Party uh, to do what he did. Right. Well, and, and that's yeah. and if we get into strategy talk, I think that it bears out that him subverting the Republican Party bore more fruit yeah. than anything the Libertarian Party has ever done. Uh, by um, far. And so it's, far. it's 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 hard for me to get in to that discussion. And I know it doesn't make me any friends, um, but it's it's one of those things that I, I see. The reason I mention this is there was a guy on Twitter that I had to block because I disagreed with something that not Dr. Paul. Um, I won't name the guy. I remembered who it was. No need to <laughs> no need to put names out there. But I disagreed like slightly with a guy on Twitter. And then like the people came after me. And it was like the the guy I, I said later, Are you okay? <laughs> like, what's going on? He was like, No, I actually agree with you. I I, <laughs> I was like, Yeah, That's good. I had these people resolution. Yeah, they had these people that completely misunderstood me going, but what what about, you know, 
and just attacked me, dogged me. And I was like, why can't we just be friends? My strategy is not your strategy. I want decentralization down to the individual. That's what I want. And until I have my zone prepared, I'm not going to tell anyone. We had an interesting conversation with Jeremy on Sunday where it was like there's this um, idea that we should change all of the United States and that we should force that view in some way. I know people would say, no, it's not really forcing it. It's whatever. But that this is the way that we need to. Right. And we need to kind of make that the what everyone goes for. And he's like, and I don't agree with that. And we talked about decentralization a little bit. We talked about how in like a market anarchism, there could be different places for different people. If you want to be ruled, you can be ruled. If you want, want to be a hippie, you can be a hippie. If you want to be a commie, et cetera. And so I always wonder why it is, you know, like the, the agorists and the paleo libertarians and the LP people can't just kind of stop and go. It seems like strategy is the biggest hurdle for these people. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you say that I don't think your strategy is going to work, that that's some sort of attack. And I don't get that. Right. right. So we all have the same goal. Um, yeah. To be left but, alone. Right. And you look at the LP and you're like, well, the LP on a good day is what? One and one and a half percent um, as far as presidential politics goes. And they mm-hmm. might pick up some smaller local offices and, you know, God bless them. Um, I mean, obviously you would take a libertarian over, uh, just about any politician uh, in existence today. So I do get it. I'm confused by the political solution, though. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I have a hard time latching on to that, particularly on a federal level. I believe yeah. that the power, um, I believe that people could take power back uh, from the states. And so a couple of things that I think about, and I've never been able to get into deep discussions Um, with other people about it. But there's two things that I think that matter. And if you could get them done into like a super, it's going to be a super red state, right? Let's be honest. Um, Something like Wyoming or something like that. But I think that abolishing an ongoing property tax is the most important thing that any state could possibly do for freedom because it allows you to drop out of the U.S. dollar. It allows you to drop out of the economy and all interactions. So in other words, let's say that you make this offer to a state. Hi, Wyoming, you've got a state retail sales tax of let's just use 7%. I'm going to buy $100,000 worth of land. I'll pay you retail tax, which is $7,000 on this sale. But I'm done. I'm done paying you taxes. I owe you nothing ever. And guess what? Mm -hmm. If I sell it in six months, for $100,000, somebody else owes you $7,000. And to me, that is where you're able to at least try to offer like, okay, you want taxes for things like the, the roads, right? And the cops and, and, and fire and everything else. So that's one idea that I have is that if you could accomplish that, imagine buying 200 acres for a couple of hundred grand in the South, you could start your own town. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. really even have to go anywhere if you didn't want to. You could farm it. You could open stores on it. You could do all kinds of stuff like that. And every year somebody couldn't come knocking and saying, if you don't give me U.S. dollars, I'm taking everything from you. The other Mm -hmm. idea that I have is just me thinking about things Mm -hmm. is that 
building codes are also, I believe that's the second thing that you should try to accomplish. And I think you should try to do it on a state and local le level. If I own a piece of property and I want to build a structure on it for me and my family, I should not have to ask anyone permission, instructions, diagrams, or anything else. I should be able to pull water out of the ground the way that I want to do it. I should be able to put a structure up on top. And the one thing, again, I think about trade-offs politically, what could you trade back to these people? I think that what you trade to these people, I'll give you an example. If this is your property and you build a structure on it, I think the only rule that should be ever even allowed to trade with these people is that if your structure fell over, it wouldn't go on your neighbor's property. So in other mm -hmm. words, you could build the crappiest, tallest structure and you could risk you and your family's life uh, all you want with no input from the state. And if it fell over, it wouldn't harm another person or their property. Mm -hmm. And so those are the two things that I think about when I think about liberty. And I don't see any of them being remotely possible on a federal level. Right. The federal government is such a huge target of progressivism, which, you know, to, obviously they're just a bunch of commies uh, in waiting is all that they are. I don't see that happening on a federal level. They're too big. But I look at states that do things like constitutional carry, I think, is a good example. Right. These are states that are saying you literally can't come in here and enforce a gun law and you can't make us enforce a gun law. And mm -hmm. they're they're mm -hmm. writing it down and governors are signing it. And aren't we up to about 22? I didn't know it was that know. many, but I knew that it was growing. It's quite a bit. And so when I look at things like that, I go. Tell me why Wyoming or another state, hopefully it would be a state that you could do some good farming in, by the way. Um, why can't Wyoming or some other state change their property tax law to a retail tax law with no ongoing collection for the rest of your life? To me, those are the things that I, I would ask for. That would be my movement. If I start a political movement today, it would be property taxes, but also no building codes on my own property unless it can harm my neighbor's property. Well, it's like uh, property taxes are easily one of the most evil taxes there are. Okay. Um, I had a friend, uh, Jordan, and his great-grandmother, it was a poor family, but they had a house that had been in their family for two or three generations. And his, his great-grandmother was living in there, and they could not get up the money to pay for the property taxes that year. And they kicked that 87-year-old woman oh. off of her property. And out of her house and i was like this is what evil looks like these people you can own you can own land for what a hundred years and they can right. still take it from you that's a tale as old as time that you know states and governments and uh military forces have been coming in and kicking people off of their property that you know, there needs to be some kind of, so while Dan was talking, I was thinking about how sometimes the concept of the perfect can be the enemy of the good, because right. there's a lot of like practical freedom that can be gained, like maximizing the amount of freedom that the individual has. Yeah. And if you're like, no taxes, taxation is theft, you're not going to make it anywhere with anybody. Yeah. But yeah. that is a practical, so you're saying, okay, let's trade some money to the state for, you know, let's, you know, do that. Um, and I think that Although, yes, I agree that taxes are theft and we shouldn't be paying anything. They're not going to let you they're not going to let you walk out the door like that. No. So we, no. it has to be piecemeal. You have to, like, uh, you know, <laughs> bring them out into Muhammad. You know? <laughs> yes. And right. also, it's, it's one of those things that, in my opinion, if you're going to do political action, um, 
it's right now there are probably millions of people primed after this last year after the lockdowns after the mask mandates after schools have been closed all of this stuff that are primed to want to push back against the state as a whole Mm -hmm. the federal government and state governments and i think that if you are going to be doing political action i mean getting messaging getting out there is great i applaud messaging getting out there I do think that I heard Michael Malice's words come out of the governor of Florida's mouth, though. So I would say that there are maybe more, you know, efficient and successful ways to have it happen than a political party. But why Rothbard was one who would um, do coalitions with people who agreed on specific things with him. So with all of these people who loved Trump, who are now lost and homeless in a sense, and who hated the lockdowns, who lost their jobs, lost lost their businesses, their houses, their livelihoods because of this stuff, wouldn't reaching out to them and working with them be so much better right now? Yes. Doesn't that just, that that makes sense to me, is, hey, these people are disaffected and pissed. They're the Gen X of people right now. Let's... (laughs) let's let's work with them let's talk speak into that area where we're really good at and move from there yes Mm -hmm. doesn't that i mean am i wrong doesn't that make sense wouldn't that be the best way to do it right the smaller uh that i think the smaller that you go the bigger changes that you could um make and directly affect people's lives and uh Mm -hmm. that's why i don't believe that there's a federal solution to any of this because the federal is the natural target of people who do want to micromanage your entire life. But states have an amazing amount of power. Again, constitutional carry laws and other things are a good example. States, to my knowledge, uh, and I'm an idiot, but uh, to my knowledge, states can actually <laughs> sever a lot of tentacles from their state. You know, uh, one thing, Ron Paul, uh, I believe the figure that he used was that states accept 11% of their public school budget from the federal government, and they yeah. spend 14% to implement the rules that came down the tentacle from the mm-hmm. Fed. Right. And mm-hmm. so I've seen him make that point in the past. I don't know if those numbers still stand, uh, but credit to Ron Paul for, for calling that out. So I'm looking at that. I'm going, wait a minute. But what I hear in that statement is that the state should literally just go and just sever all around its borders, sever every tentacle from the federal government and say, you know what? We'll have our own welfare, right? We'll have our own public schools. So again, would you really try to bargain with these people and say, you can't have anything that comes from government? No, no, no. Do your own thing and control it locally. Now your Mm -hmm. local school Mm -hmm. board has more power. You know, now, so think about the more control that you could gain. Um, it's it's reminding me too. You're talking about you know finding liberty for yourself. I had a really uh, a a pretty popular tweet that I had sent out about a week and a half ago where I was saying, hey, you know, we we homeschool. I run a business from home. Like we you know we do all of these things, you know, and, and none of it and all of it is freedom. And and I found it right here. I experience a lot of freedom right now. That people should look for that right now with where mm-hmm. they can get it. So I really agree with that sentiment that like you were saying, Jessica, about um, people just think, nope, I just have to say, that's it. It has to be this. We have to go from where we are today to absolute anarchy tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. or I'm not happy. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, 
you know, but I'll still I'll still shout this uh, from the rooftops. Donald Trump cut my taxes so much in 2017 um, that I paid off my house in a year and went completely debt free while my business skyrocketed. And if I met Donald Trump anywhere, I would shake his hand and I would thank him for that because that's meaningful. And if you don't think I found freedom in being completely debt free by mm-hmm. the time I hit my mid 40s, you're wrong. You're, mm-hmm. you're not looking at things the right way if you can't see the value in that. Where it's like, nope, it has to be this. Of course, taxation is theft. But look what Donald Trump did in 2017. It was amazing. I'll, I'll take it all day long. Yep. That goes toward co- coalition building, too, because it's like you were bringing up Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. has a lot of really great positions. But and I don't know, I'm just picking a random thing. I don't know that this is his opinion. He might have a garbage opinion on Israel, the kind of opinion that would just make you spit on the floor and kick the wall and all those kinds of things. Is it not worth still building a coalition with him so your life in Florida could be more free? I think that it is. So, you know, there's a obviously a fine line to cross there, you know, like you you can go over the line to where you're just basically yeah. like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Supporting the state's continuousness yeah. in its right. power. Right. So like always the mind on the maximalization of human freedom. Is this making the most amount of people free that I possibly can? So his opinion on Israel affects Israel very little but his opinion on gun laws in florida affects our lives a lot so like parse out where that attention goes yeah yep yeah uh, one thing i wanted to mention there was when i had said that ron paul or whoever can be wrong there was like you know sometimes you guys are wrong yes never claim Mm -hmm. to be right often like this is this is this is this is my thing i do not want to be your leader i have no interest in it I, I want to be my leader and my family's leader. Anything beyond that, none of my fucking business. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. And, and you know, let's, let's be honest, too. I mean, most of the time we talk about theoretical ideas that in theory we think could be a pretty good theory. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's, yes. you know, you have to admit all that. I mean, nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. So. Right. And, and, and also, if you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, my, my only point is there are sycophants out there that will follow people to the point where they annoy they're heroes and don't yes. be that guy true <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also i think if you did go from zero to anarchy tomorrow you would be ripping the rug out from so many people you would cause monumental human suffering humanitarian crisis and you think oh i don't care about that i uh you're not actually maximalizing freedom for the most amount of people by doing something like that so it's not even a good plan you're just creating a chaotic situation, which might, you know, result in, in, in riots and, 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 uh, battles in the streets. You don't, you know, you got to think these things through. You can't just go from zero to a hundred at, and you know, people crash when they do that. Right. And that's kind of, that's what I appreciate about people who are political, like Corey DeAngelis. I don't know if you know him, yeah. but mm. he oh. is, he is out there and he's fighting for school choice. He is doing and the so, Lord's work. So he's not he's not fighting to abolish public schooling, nope. which I think if I understood him correctly in some things, he would be for. But at this moment, what he's doing is he's pushing and he's making the New York Times, the Washington Post, all these people retract and correct their stories yes. when they lie about mm. how spending has 
yes. not increased over the last this many years yes. when it has it's increased in, at a continual gradual rate right right um, but he's going out and he's pushing for the funding of students rather than institutions right and that's worth something mm-hmm. is it the perfect mm-hmm. solution no but it is a much better solution than what we have right now and he's doing more than anybody who, in theory, believes that theoretically their theories could work in theory. So, you know, he's out there actually doing something. You know, uh, Jessica, you mentioned, uh, you know, anarchy, uh, you know, in one day. I mean, the two things that come to mind are, you know, security. Um, we don't have a security apparatus in place where people could instantly call a cop, if you want to say, you know, to, to help them. But also, you know, charity, um, as far as mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who rely on the state. It is a shame. I'm not advocating for that. I'm saying that in one day, what would happen to people who like get their food from the state? They have, there's no Elderly other path people. for them. Correct. And there's no other Children. path. Yes. Right. And, and by the way, some of those people could be people that paid into a system against their will for their entire life and said, well, at the end of my life, I'll have it. So you can't just take that away either and expect, oh, well, there's charity. And the other yeah. side of that is that I think that, you know, anarchists and libertarian types, probably need to do a better job at promoting charity. And I think that that's actually a better path. I've, when I, you know, I joined the LP back in 2016 and 2017. And then I was like, this is pointless. But one of the things that really caught me was like, if, if I ran the LP, I would actually turn it into a charitable organization. I would turn it into who's the guy that uh, goes around to the cities, Scott Pressler, is that his name? He was a huge Trump guy. But he did. But he he went around to different inner cities and he would like clean up their neighborhoods and like. Oh, and, yeah, and, I remember that. So it was you know what they were? They were Trump supporters. But the thing is, is that they were actually doing good things and it made people look at them and go, wow, this guy's in Baltimore doing what the local Democrats won't do. And Republicans have no power there. And I believe his name is Scott Pressler. If you look him up, Pressler, I look okay. I, I look at stuff like that. I'm like, the LP should be a charitable organization. They should be showing people the way out of the system and how people can be helped and that they can rely on each other and care about each other, by the way, because the LP and libertarians in general are basically painted with the brush of you don't care about the poor. You don't care about the sick. You don't care about the elderly. What if they were actually a charitable organization that happened to run candidates as well? And now you're showing people the path. They don't do that. It's just taxation is theft and they're screaming about, don't take my stuff. Dude, I agree with you, but I'm Mm -hmm. also saying that there's a much better path. And I believe that charity would be the flag that I would fly if I ran the LP. Absolutely. And, Beautiful. And that, I mean, even in general, charity and also voluntary solutions to issues that we have right now. I think mm-hmm. that right now is the most perfect time for people to start offering solutions that people don't have the answer for right now. The, the offer the solutions that people ask, well, you know, in anarchy, how would this happen if we had someone doing that thing? Suddenly we can point to it. And so this brings mm-hmm. me to, to um, Josh's question. Serious question to me. How does don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good political approach apply to police? I have an answer for that. I I have one as well, which is there is an app called Citizen. It used to be called Vigilante, I believe. But it is essentially a neighborhood watch on gone digital. And so the idea is that people 
go into their phones and they say what's going on around the city. And there are mm-hmm. these security guards that take care of this situation. And some they had a, a car driving around in New York or Los Angeles. I can't remember which. And people were like, oh, this is private security. This is bad. And I heard some anarchists saying, this isn't any better than police. And that is the perfect being the enemy of the good because Mm -hmm. there are people out there that are trying to provide alternative ways, non-monopolistic ways to take care of personal security and security of property. And the enemy of the good is the people who say, well, they're just going to end up being like police or let's say they're staffed by police who ex police who cares. Right. That is the perfect enemy of the good. They're coming. If if you have people that come from those neighborhoods, you might even be having interactions with people, you know. So if you run into some teenage boy making trouble, instead of being afraid of him because he comes from a completely different culture than you or looks different than you, you might know him and be like, James, get home before I tell your mother that you were out past midnight. So instead of needing to shoot a kid, you can tell him you're, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that would always work in every situation. I'm just saying there are opportunities when you come from that area and you know those people to come up with better solutions and and be incentivized not to hurt each other, which is not the incentives that the police have. Um, Another great example of a thing that you're talking about is the Detroit Threat, Threat Assessment Center which is a, a, an organization, a private organization that grew up in the inner cities of Detroit where police had stopped patrolling. Things had gotten so bad in the relations between the neighborhoods and the police that the police had utterly stopped patrolling these neighborhoods, leaving them to the hands of the drug dealers and the crackheads and whoever else might make trouble. So these people who armed themselves got together and created this sort of like citizens uh, threat assessment. You know, you call them and say, hey, you know, we've got an issue. They have not had a single, a single shooting in an interaction that they've had with people from their neighborhood, because a lot of the times they know the people that they're talking to. And that's important. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let me um, make sure I gave the right name, but go ahead. Poilu Paradis said, I give zero fucks about politics. I focus on my business and how it serves services yeah. my community. I saw that, that is where I am. Well. gave a thumbs up. Yeah. Here it is again. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I do care about politics to a a degree and, um, uh, you know, for sure, because it affects all of us. But, um, you know, I'm 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 running a business in my backyard, uh, you know, every single day. (laughs) Uh, Josh said, I ask because I have thought a lot about the sheriff nullification concept pushed by the CSPOA. Heard about it the first time on Tom Woods a few years ago. If you can get your sheriff to stop the feds and to stand in between you and that coercion, that violence, that is a good, that's good. Do that. Mm -hmm. There are people who should be doing that. And honestly, if we start doing these little things like that, these can be stepping stones because even though I don't like the phrase constitutional carry, I prefer permitless carry because I think it tells your enemy exactly how they're going to be able to attack you on it. Mm. Use the constitution. I don't like that. Um, and, and I, you know, I, of course, reject the idea that it's anything but a natural right. So I don't even say constitutional rights, but that's just me being pedantic. Yeah. So just to show that we are often wrong, um, it's actually the Detroit Threat Management Center. And mm. um, they've rebranded. They're no, now going by the Detroit Herbal Survival Training and Preventative Threat Management Training System. 
Did you say is, herbal? <laughs> uh, oh, I did. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm not reading that. Hold on. Detroit Threat Management Center. Urban. Urban. That's the word I meant to say, urban. <laughs> Detroit Urban Survival Training and Preventative Threat Management is what they do. 100% of people who win elections are politicians. And let me finish that statement. All politicians are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a couple who do real good. Uh, you know, Thomas Massey and Rand Paul come to mind anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, they're aren't they? Because they're, they're doing always something. exceptions to rules. Yeah, they're doing something. I like those guys. I, I don't see where they're coming after my freedom. Let's put it that way. I was really shocked that they passed the uh, bill that Rand Paul just put up about uh, not funding gain of function research because it's he he has not won a lot of friends by attacking Fauci. So to, for them to pass that bill means there's really something behind they they've really got some dirt on Fauci, and I don't think he's gonna. Well, come he may out of be this. the next sacrificial wolf. I think yeah. he is the next. He's the next one. They they put him up on a totem so they can knock him down. Yeah, him and Bill Gray. Oh God, <laughs> that guy. They, and you see it little by little. They're trickling out this Bill yes. Gates story, Bill Gates story, and it's like, ooh, the fall is coming. Like we yeah. all feel it. We know. Oh, yeah. We know this. It's been even done like, so many times. Even like pictures of like, ooh, Bill Gates captured in the wild, and you're like, okay, I've seen this before too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. They've decided that Bill himself has got to go. Unfortunately, they don't believe his ideas should go. So. Did we talk about how his wife is just um, Kevin Klein in drag? Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Speaking of his wife, though, just real quick, I think that this Bill Gates thing started because she decided that she's going to get the, the uh, a leg up on this divorce situation. So mm -hmm. she's the one that started putting those stories out there. I mean, if you don't think she's uh, connected to powerful people at the New York Times and other places that can hate that can get these stories out there, she stands to make billions for the higher percentages that she can get out of a divorce. And yeah. so I believe that she actually went after Bill's character for her, her, her own benefit. But that seven and a half billion people might benefit from that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's it's incredible to me because you, people don't get to that level of power without having some kind of dirt that they do. We were talking about this yeah. earlier in the episode. Everybody who achieves that level of status was lifted up by the fact that they're all doing shady stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, she's got dirt on him. There are things that he can be taken down for. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we're about to watch that play out. Right. <laughs> Like if y'all all weren't part of like a sinister satanic cabal in the first place, then your spouse <laughs> couldn't take you down when she wants to take your money. Maybe learn a lesson. Well, I mean, Bezos' <laughs> wife got a lot too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And and he had a girlfriend um, at the time, also, right? I'm sure. I think he I don't did. know, but I think he's 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 now trying to compete with um, Elon Musk. And getting to the the getting to Mars, and I just find that funny that there's a a space race and it's all uh, corporate CEOs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably just trying to get on SNL. <laughs> this is not different than when Carnegie and all of those other guys uh, were like building railroads and all of those different things. Like rich dudes have to compete, and the only people they have to compete with are other rich dudes, mm -hmm. and so. 
They could be out there being Batman, but instead they're shooting cars into space. So we could have Batman and Iron Man right now, but they're just shooting cars. Like you said, shooting cars into space or making flamethrowers. Suck ass billionaires. (laughs) (laughs) You could be flying right now in a metal suit. And what are you doing? You're bodying my Bitcoin portfolio is what you're doing. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Ray. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So is Joe Biden a deep fake? No, not at all. Um, He's exactly. You picked him? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think that I think Biden's exactly, you know, who they who he has always said he is. And uh, no, I, what I mean uh, by deep fake is uh-huh. the do you know what deep fakes are. Yeah, I do. You're are you're saying that they're putting out videos of Joe Biden that aren't really Joe Biden? Yeah, yes. that's a, a big rumor. Yeah. Well, did you see that video of him reaching putting his phasing his hands through the microphone I, stuff like that? I, I did. And, and, and I was tweeting about that some as well. And there are there's possible anomalies that that could happen. Here's what's odd is that very quickly somebody released footage from Biden's right hand side that did show his hands in position with the microphones. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was very odd. The other thing that I couldn't wrap my head around is, yeah, but why? Like, why would you fake this? Like all (laughs) he just made some random comment before walking to a helicopter. It had almost no meaning. It's like, why would you do that? So that was really strange. I do believe that that was an anomaly. Are there new ones, though? So, is that what you're telling me? No, I just so I just there, well, there the, the car with the two steering wheels or whatever, that's supposed to be one. And there's like mm. the idea that there he's really incompetent or some people have even said he's dead and they just fake him. They weakened at Bernie's him around by creating these deep fake videos. I, I love the there idea. But I looked like one, though. Yeah. There was one that really looked like a deep fake that wasn't the hand thing. It was just it looked it looked like his head wasn't connected. And I was just one of the pe- one of the people when they said that um, it wasn't a deep fake, they were like, well, deep fakes just aren't good enough for that. And so I pulled up something that I f- saw on TikTok today. Oh, Tell no. me that this isn't good. Y'all yeah, be right there, Steve. Hey, what's up, TikTok? Look, I do a lot of my own stunts, but I also do a lot of industrial cleanup. OK, it's important. So uh, obviously you keep your hands clean, but you need that exfoliating product to really cut through the grime. Okay, just another tip for you talkers, or the tip, to- <clears throat> the TikTok tips. I, I'm getting too old for that. I don't. <laughs> Internet. That dude is so good. I've seen some other <laughs> stuff of him. That is like so, so good. Um, right. I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, what's funny about that is uh, the whole deep fake thing is there's guys on YouTube that like randomly put out these deep fake videos that are better than some stuff that you see in movies and TV shows. Yeah. Like yeah. That is incredible. And For that's real. a TikTok video. Yes. Right. That's amazing. But how much time really went into that video? Like a day, you know, but, Maybe. but that's what's funny is like that that one video that I showed weeks ago, it had the same kind of artifacts that you notice if you're looking for them. Like with that that same deep fake of Tom Tom Cruise, like it, that's not, the, yeah. and it's just like I could believe not that he's in bed all day and he can't move or he can't speak, but that they would put out some things that made him look a little more strong than he is, mm. a little more capable of standing for more than 20, 27 seconds. 
Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's drugs and injections that they can give him that can sort of give that same effect as well, though. That's so, true. Um, That's true. You saw it wear off in that that last debate between him and Trump. Yeah, right. Yeah, you could tell that, right. There was definitely a, a curve that went, Yoop. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. It was over. Yeah. 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 Which I'm afraid, um, just on a human level, that if he is actually experiencing techni- uh, te- uh, cognitive, thank you, cognitive decline, um, and he has some kind of like really bad shit the bed kind of moment in public, like you're exposing him to the risk that he will have this loss of dignity that, you know, his... Um, I don't know. Not that I'm worried about his legacy necessarily, but I'm worried about an old man in a vulnerable position. And I hate the idea that they're like trotting him out long past when an old man should be trotted out. They were doing that with Dick Clark on the New Year's Eve thing way past the time they should have been putting Dick Clark out there. And I feel like that was a loss of dignity. Yeah, but I'll refer back to the the Michael Tracy uh, tweet about uh, Trump ruining the pageantry. Trump Trump showed you who could get into that office. And I think that it it brings the office down mm. uh, on a personal respect level. So Biden, like you said, having a like shit your pants uh, moment as an old man, it brings the office down for another group of people. Right. Yeah. And so I like yeah. that it, it lowers the office like what this this clown. You're telling me this is the most popular guy in the world. Also, seriously. Um, so I, I like, well, you that. know, the the Russians or the Soviets, as they were called, then they knew the press was lying to them. And they would say, if you want to if you want to know what the truth is, just whatever the opposite of whatever the Pravdas are telling you is the truth. And we have reached that point where if you are seeing things in the media, like, you know, the opposite is basically true. So yeah. they keep telling us how in control he is and free how free and fair everything is and they just repeat that shit over and over again to me it suggests that it's the opposite of that wasn't free it wasn't fair you know not that i'm saying anything susan wajetsky (laughs) no i'm just Uh, just drawing i just think it'd be really funny funny if he was a deep fake oh no it would be hilarious what a fantastic timeline Anything that lowers the office, uh, the the power of the office, anything that lowers it is fantastic. I I agree with the lowering of the office point. I hate to see an elderly man put in that position. I guess he put himself in that position. But I feel like Mrs. Biden just wanted to be Michelle so bad. She wants to be on the cover of Vanity Fair. She wants $4,000 boots. And yeah. I feel like she, cause she is constantly like dragging him around, pushing him forward, pulling him off. Like she's in a lot of ways, I think a, a puppeteer of this declining old man. I would, I would believe that um, easily. I think it's, I think you can see it. Like you said, at times you can kind of notice that like, Hmm, this just doesn't quite seem right that you would put your husband through this knowing like you see what he's doing right now. Right. Lady. Right. She's just standing there giving him the little pat or something, you know, just trying to keep it going. As a as a (laughs) wife, I blame her for this. If he and if he like look at him falling up those stairs, like when I saw that, I got so angry at her. Yeah. And I, you know, and it's not even like I have so much respect for the president or whatever, whatever. I just saw an old man like falling on his ass. And I'm like, this is doctor. What's her face's fault? Right. I don't uh, I don't have a charitable opinion of this woman. 
I know, you, and I know I'm giggling, but I'm, I'm sorry. This guy's coming after my 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 money and my freedom, and um, yeah. I understand. Uh, I understand. Do you remember that time he bit her finger when she yes. was talking? It's so <laughs> creepy, it's weird. It's so creepy, dude. It's the weirdest thing ever. Do you know? I mean, how many people would the press just annihilate over that one creepy moment? You know. Well, you, know, you wanted so to stand weird. in the spotlight for forty-seven years. You know. Do you know? Uh, do you have you ever watched Brooklyn Nine Nine? No. I'm pretty sure at the end of that show, there may be other shows that do it as well, but there's a production company, and at the end of the shows, there's a cartoon doctor, and it says, "Not a doctor." Shh. And that plays through my head every time I see Joe Biden. Jill, that's her name. Jill, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Jill Biden. Yeah, yeah, totally real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I still love how uh, uh, Sarah Palin was this buffoon uh, because she wasn't, you know, like Ivy League. But Jill Biden is a doctor because she came out of the community college scene. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! No, and seriously, the same press said the same things. Yeah. <laughs> that the press was really dishonest in making uh, her look dumber than she was because oh, she's yeah. not that dumb like if you actually like yeah. listen to some of her speeches not that i agree with her i'm saying that she's a lot smarter than they let on and but they were really unfair on. to her tina fey with the i can see russia oh, from yeah. my house was 100 oh, <laughs> executed 100 yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah that was back when they still did some funny stuff on saturday night live 100 that was so fantastic it's one of the most spot-on impersonations that snl's actually ever put out that's great <laughs> it, Except for Alex Trebek by Will Ferrell, which is a fantastic <laughs> oh, <classic>. impression. <laughs> or um, or uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Norm Macdonald doing uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. That may be my favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Turd Tur- Tur- Ferguson. It's a funny name. Funny name. It's like morning how you made me laugh so hard. I, I, pulled, I pulled my earpiece out. You made me laugh so hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just the image of that him chewing that gum with that. <laughs> I love Norm. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite. I, I I've tweeted many times. Like it, whenever the news is like really terrible, I'm like, oh well, back to searching Norm McDonald on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, like, uh, Seth Rogen just said that jokes don't age well, and I think we just proved that good jokes age very well. You oh, just don't have dude. them, Seth. Oh my what, gosh. What I love though was that he like Seth Rogen is going out there saying comedians just need to realize that's that jokes just don't uh, age well and they need to just accept that these are bad. And it's like who the f- you're not a fucking comedian. I know. You're a comic actor. Comic you actor. You don't do yeah. stand up. You're sure. not a comedian. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. It's insane. Uh, it, you know, when that guy was high and giggling, I thought he was fine. You know, and and now he's right. every, now it's like it's like the reason I left Facebook on you know literally November third. It's like all of my old friends who were just never political suddenly felt the need to become political, I and I was like, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh-huh. I log into Facebook now to upload my kids' birthday pictures and videos. That's it. I log right back out. Even on even on my phone, I just log out. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. took down my years old Facebook page the other day uh, for the show. Oh, because okay. it doesn't do anything there. Right. Like maybe one or two people would see it. Right. 
they they took out my uh, an entire history in a uh, a, a online family from me on October thirty first last year, when they three days the before the election, and so it's like you took something. You're not helping. You've obviously made it so that it's hard for me to grow. Why am I? Why am I checking you? Right. Why am I going mm-hmm. on there? So I'm not. S- suck it, Zucky. Yeah. Well, also, I got I got a community strike for posting pictures of lettuce from my garden, and I didn't. They, usually, they give you an opportunity to appeal. Like, did we get this wrong? Tell us why. I had no opportunity to appeal. Nothing. And I'm like, how it, this site is unusable. If I can't right. even post pictures of my garden, which is the most milk toast thing you can think of. Right. And so. Go ahead. You know when the thing came out a few days ago that the um, gain of function and the the uh, coronavirus leaving the lab stopped being a c- conspiracy theory and a big lie. Mm-hmm. Those were the things that they said they shut down the group for. That in particular, saying that it came out of the Wuhan lab was something that was a oh, majority right. of the things that they flagged for us was that it came out of the Chinese lab. Right. Yep. And so and now- they nuked that for something yeah. that they're undoing the fact checks on. Yep. Right. Which Destroyed they've, they've archived. Community. Fuck you guys. Sorry. They didn't yeah. just do corrections on their, on their things. They archived yeah. them and took them off the page. You have to look for them now. No. They corrected them in the background. Oh, oh, they're so horrible. I just can't <laughs> yeah. take it. I hate I them can't so much. Yeah. But that's where my progressive, like the, I, because believe it or not, I have progressive friends, but all my sure. progressive friends, they what? use that site. Like it's every bit as popular as it always was. Right. They spend all their time on it. And then I've noticed like a great deal of conservatives have uh, migrated to Twitter. And yes. so yeah. that ideological separation is already happening. I support it. You know, I can hang out, you know, I'm not going to say a specific friend's name, but I have a very close friend who's a progressive she knows that I'm not progressive. She knows she calls me conservative. I'm not conservative. I want everything to be different. I don't want it to stay the same. So I'm not a conservative. Yeah. But as far as her purposes go, I am. And we can manage to have a relationship without ever talking about it. Like, I'm right. sure there are Protestants and Catholics that are friends. There are Muslims and Jews that are friends. And it has to be that way. Like, you can't well, look Protestant shovel Catholic. There you go. And a, I am a converting ish. Orthodox. Yeah. So I'm in the middle. I'm a catechumen in the Orthodox church right now. That's why the headband. <laughs> so it's a, uh, you know, it's gotta be that way. The way that people, our parents and our grandparents learned to get along with each other, even though they were different, we're going to have to do that, but we can't force everybody together. We can't force 324 million people together and expect them to be a nation. Oh, shut, shut up, Brian. <laughs> he, okay, he got, yeah, he got me. <laughs> that's, that's that's from the three-point line right there, man. Yeah, yeah, he got me. Okay, just, no, okay so tradition, <laughs> tradition is very important to me. But politically, I don't want things to stay the same. I want things to be completely different than they are politically. So in that way, I'm not a political conservative. Maybe I am a social or traditional yeah. conservative in other I ways. Too. So. Fair point, sir. Yeah. Fair point. I am too. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm socially conservative, but I just don't want to pass any laws to enforce that on you. <laughs> so, Thank yes. Yeah. I don't think everyone should have to wear. Every woman should have to wear one of these. I choose right. to wear this 
That's it's a right. big difference, you know, and That's I don't right. think any less of you if you don't. I don't think you're immodest if you don't. I'm choosing this. So that's, you know, it's okay. Well, that's what's funny is. Yeah, I know, Heather. I love you, girl. <laughs> that's what's funny, though. It's like um, in some sects of Christianity, there's uh, like I would get very looked down upon because, I mean, do you see how long this stuff is? Do you see these? <laughs> yeah. But look we can do this mm-hmm. and we're happy and fine. And I'm going to get more tattoos. You cannot stop me. Mine's getting past the collar, by the way. I haven't cut Ooh. hair since October. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm just letting, just letting it go. Well, I've had hair, you know, two thirds of the way down my back. I think probably five times in my life. You know? For some reason, I thought nice. I was thinking of back hair. Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, you got some long back hair. Did your <laughs> yeah. wife braid it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she would have to. <laughs> I think I'm heading there with you. Or the next time you see me, my head will be buzzed. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. I just have. But yeah, the the point is, is that we have this idea that we all have to live together in a melting pot. And it's this, we are the state, we're all in this together, and we're a big melting pot. So we've got to find a way to make everything on the distribution curve milk toast enough for everybody to be happy. You can't do that. You have to let people go off in their separate little tribes and separate little camps. Humans are tribal. That's the anthropological fact of the matter. Yes. Okay. Well, it's like, so, look at um, Canada. I have a friend who lives up in Canada and I forget which part of that shithole country he lives in, but he was talking about how so it's, true. there's not so much forced integration there or not, not necessarily integration. There's not like forced association. And so if you go to these different parts, there's a Chinatown, there's a, a you know, a, an Arab Persian town there. They mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. go into their different areas that they want to be in voluntarily and they live their lives that way and there is nothing wrong with that in fact forcing it to be otherwise is not healthy yeah that's where because then you then you have those people out there who are horrible people who can't handle things and do violent Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. like you're you you, you don't want that (laughs) let people be whatever they want to be and then you know you'll be fine for the most part, there are going to be some outliers, but we shoot them on site. Well, we can't. Okay. So like there are no perfect solutions. There are only trade-offs. There's always going to be conflict between groups. It's like, how do you minimize the conflict or how do you maximize the conflict? The system we have now maximizes conflict between groups that are not going to be forced to get along. In fact, you see that like, um, different communities in inner cities are literally attacking each other in the streets. And, you know, it's the it's the violence that dare not speak its name as far as the media goes. But, you know, people see it. We, we see the violence between these communities. And it's, you know, because this forced association. And I think if people could separate a little bit, it would be for the best. Yeah. Doesn't win you a lot of friends, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so uh, i want to welcome galaxy searchers one to the to watching our show he says he's a conservative following quest around on youtube tonight to learn about libertarianism and this will be the least structured way to do that (laughs) and then josh followed up with i follow quest into the bathrooms is that learning libertarianism it actually is i would imagine so 
<laughs> you at least learn a lot about yourself, and that's <laughs> libertarian enough. Some of that voluntarism. <laughs> <laughs> uh that made me that, my brain went gross <laughs> it took we'll it, talk about it, your it pleasure have. <laughs> have i told you that story done yeah what's oh, that uh i used to work at chick-fil-a and one time a um german gentleman walked into the place he got some food apparently this was his first time going to chick-fil-a he had great great English, like every German that ever comes to America. Um, but he comes up and he, he gets his food. I give it to him and he, <laughs> and I say the traditional, my pleasure. And he goes, Ooh, do not tell me about your pleasure <laughs> because in his mind, pleasure went to sexual pleasure. Yeah. And he was like, I do not want to know. <laughs> Weird. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Wow, that's super odd. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you, you wonderful German man. <laughs> Quest, Quest just said, I love Jesus chicken, which in Georgia we call it Jesus chicken. <laughs> Christian chicken as well, yeah. I'm not seeing the com I only see the comments that you put up on the screen, by the way. I don't. It says private chat otherwise on the screen. And we try to keep you out. Box you oh, out. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's so funny. Like right now I'm trying to find some extra side work. And um, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, you used to work at Chick-fil-A, right? Why don't you just go back there? And I'm like, mm -mm. what do you, what do you, you think they're going to let me throw on that polo? and rock a beard. No, they only let you have a mustache if you're a manager. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold going, on. I'm not going mustache. Wow. Pause. A mustache is a managerial privilege it at the Chick-fil-A. When I worked at Chick-fil-A. Yes. The mustache Interesting. was a managerial privilege. <laughs> he was the only man in that building that had any facial hair. Promoted to mustache. Speaking of, one time I walked in without shaving that day, and this was when I had peach fuzz. It wasn't, it didn't look like much of anything. And so it was like barely showing. And that, that manager made me walk to Rite Aid, grab a razor and dry shave in the bathroom before I could start my shift. And so I don't like you. Screw you, Marcus, wherever yeah. the fuck you are now. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. Two additional <laughs> questions. Sorry, I'm having trouble understanding this. First of all, um, he worked hard for his mustache uh, privileges, <laughs> and he was not about to let you just walk in there and usurp it. Secondly, there's water and soap in the bathroom. What do you mean you dry shaved? When I say dry shave, I meant I didn't have shaving cream. Oh. So it was just water. Yeah. And I didn't use soap. I was like 16 years old. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Oh. <laughs> it was just growing on my face. I didn't have but shaving I'm saying, cream. I'm saying shaving has always been something that I've hated, not just because I love beards, which I do, but mm -hmm. because I have the most sensitive skin when it comes to shaving. If I shave red bumps all over. Oh. Every time. Met Men should have beards. Men without beards are women. And that's just what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You hear that, Ryan? 
<laughs> Zing you back, man. <laughs> I I fear what's coming because of Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm in so much trouble, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for it. <laughs> Dent. Yeah. What is your favorite kind of pizza? I know you don't eat it unless it's a cheat day, but if you were to order a pizza, what would you order? Man, I got to tell you, I mean, it's, I know it's just super boring, but meat, just everything meat. And so even when I eat pizza, I want, first of all, if I only had one meat, it's pepperoni. If I'm having mm. two, it's, if I'm having two, it's mm. Italian sausage. Honestly, beyond that, um, you know, mushrooms and onions, I actually like on pizza. So that to me would be the perfect pizza, like those four things. But if I just go into a pizza joint, they have like a thing that just says like meat lovers or whatever. I just usually I'll just order that. And that's not me trying to be like keto while I eat pizza crust. That's not that's not what's up. I just love. Yeah. Or I just love the combos of like pepperoni. And Italian loves, sausage in particular. Loves to have meat in his mouth. Oh, yeah. I can't I can't get enough of it. Sometimes I'm <laughs> eating two at a time. Oh. <laughs> so, so tell us, do your do your tarot card thing on this pizza. What is it? What does this tell you about Dent? Well, there are definite Freudian implications about how many stick-shaped meats he likes to have on his pizza. So yeah, I mean, he just, you know, maybe that suggests something about his virility. Or his preferences. I don't know. No, so <laughs> I tweeted. Let me just clarify this. I tweeted um, that people's uh, pizza preferences tell me a lot about their personalities. But I don't, you know, I'm not one of those hardcore anti-pineapple people or anything like that. Like, I just genuinely wanted everybody to tell me what their favorite pizza was. Because if you can count on people on Twitter to do something, it's talk about themselves. And if you want to get like a popular post or a viral post, ask people something about themselves. People love to give you that information. Like you can really learn a lot about someone um, by asking them those types of questions. Um, but I never do it to be like, oh, obviously he's into sausage. You know, I don't <laughs> mean it yeah. like that. It almost feels like the only answer is, well, you must be gay. <laughs> yeah. That, so yeah, it's, it's that. It's everyone's gay. Because right. of their pizza yes. preferences. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take it. That'll work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can join that um, Libertarian Caucus, that new Libertarian Caucus. Yeah. <laughs> Who started that, by the way? That's fantastic. Uh, uh, uh. You don't know? No, you know I don't. Who started that? I don't. You? <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. Because you you missed out on the the, the the fat Dave Smith situation. You created the whole thing and then somebody else well, snagged the account. And I felt bad for you. I was like, no. Well, this is one of the things. Oh. The, the person who is, I'm not running the account itself. Okay. But the guy who is, um, we we have a group chat. Okay. So. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, that was that was my idea and my uh <laughs> my my art which i i saw that yeah, exactly I, I saw that my first reaction was we're taking over <laughs> awesome. i am definitely immature enough to be in that caucus i'm not mature enough to be in the other one <laughs> i made a membership card today for it we need to see this nice. we need to see it i'll have to move it to my to my computer oh is it on your phone yeah 
You made that on your phone? That's really good. Well, no, I made it at first on my phone. The most recent version is uh, on my phone, though. I made it on my computer, but most recent version is on my phone. Um, but yeah, so at the, at the, I love that you mentioned that, and it's like, oh yeah, no, that was me. <laughs> if you see an account from a meme, I probably made that meme at this point in my life. <laughs> I'm telling you, it makes me so happy. Like I said, I, I hated that you, you you got like you know beat out with your own... Uh, uh you know dave smith situation (laughs) that completely that surprised me because i made that fat dave smith meme yeah and then um smoke show dave account that that one too and it Mm -hmm. came out uh with the account and they just smoked me in in followers i know that's the that's why i felt just so terrible i was like really like that's crazy the rainbow member (laughs) Hold on, let me read this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Be the people. Be yeah. the people. <laughs> There's some subtlety oh. in there if you if if you look. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah uh, Cam is Fat Dave Smith's dad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm also hot Dave Smith's dad and yeah. Michelle Malice's dad. Michelle Malice. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. another one out there too. I can't remember what it was though, but it's so funny because I was I was on on Twitter the other day and I saw like three of them in a row and I was just like, this is so freaking bizarre. Like <laughs> like I make a meme, throw it out there, and then people use it as their account. Like it's Fantastic. You have to see it like um, Johnny Appleseed going around planting apple trees so yeah. that people will have cider. Absolutely. Because I do not have the time to water these plants. If other people do, more power to them. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I need someone to make an account for Nick Sarwark's pants. <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw the, the big pants. That needs to be an account. I don't have time to do it, but someone should do it. <laughs> I've got to find it. Because yeah, do you is, have the picture? Uh, I'm sure I have it. There we, there we go. Shut up, big pants. Yeah. Can you put it up? <laughs> yeah, give me a second. I don't mean to rush you. I would never be this fast at getting anything on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those big old pants. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was that? I wonder how long ago that was. He looks like he's 12, so for a while. Right. Fat pants and soft hands. Fat pants and soft hands. My husband said that's no way that's actually him because it's a Mises Institute background, but I'm sure he's been there before like but my husband and i had this whole argument about how that's not nick nick's our work so nick would not answer my tweet about whether those were his real pants or not i demand answers i feel like since he's been silenced that means he's telling you that it was him Did, did uh do you think that he hated the mises people before they just kind of announced like that's it we're taking over i I don't know. Oh yeah. yeah, he he hated them for a while back. Anyone um like slightly Republican, he just wants to kick those people away from the party as much as possible. Which I don't yeah. get because those are the most primed people to pull into the party. 
And here I am doing your job for you. I don't even care whether your party succeeds or not. So, you know, but if you want it to, maybe all of these disaffected conservatives are prime real estate and fertile ground and you shouldn't be kicking them away. Big pants are now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whip said that picture was circa 1996 and those are Jinko khakis. <laughs> Do y'all remember Jinko jeans? <laughs> I had I had many a Jinko with ripped up bottoms because I'm short. I had a friend, my friend Joe. Uh, we became the moment we became friends was when we were in the church parking lot and he was wearing those like really goth large goth pants with the the um chains on them and yep. we just spent like an hour and a half we were completely sober but we spent like an hour and a half grabbing the chain off of his pants and throwing <laughs> it and watching it spark on the ground <laughs> that is how i became friends with my friend joe <laughs> that is some yeah that is some high school kid shit just Good so stuff. bored that you'll make sparks just to be entertained <laughs> right that's awesome <laughs> we can't we can't let these kids apprentice or anything it's much better that they spend their time in parking lots making well, sparks we didn't drink or smoke or do anything like that so it was actually better than what most people were were doing fair so, enough um that's a fair do you like horror movies dent not particularly no um Mm. I've never been real big on, I don't like the whole like jump scare thing and all that. And um, some of them that just so are so sort of psychologically deep that, you know, really go in on you. Um, yeah, I want to yeah. say that the last, the last horror movie I made, I don't, I don't know that you'd call it horror. It's probably more of a thriller, but I, I'm pretty sure that it was the, um, oh gosh, a quiet place. Okay. Yeah, I think um, that falls. Oh, into that was good. Yeah, yeah, it was a psychological thriller. And yeah. I like the the Halloween. Um, here, okay, here's how much I'm into horror movies. When the Halloween reboot came out, what was that? Maybe like three years ago. Wait, the yeah. the sequel or the reboot? There was well, gosh, I guess it, it was, was really it was a direct sequel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the one okay. with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. She was back. Yeah. 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 So that so was a that was probably about three years ago. And I was on a trip in New York with a friend at a trade show. And so we decided that the entertainment for the night was going to be to go see the Halloween movie in one of the big, like Lowe's theaters or something. <laughs> and I had to sit there and admit to the guy that I had never seen Halloween. So I bought it oh, on wow. Amazon. It's actually the only movie I own on my Am my personal uh, Amazon account, uh, not like the family and the kids, is Halloween so that we could watch it so we could walk directly in there and watch that direct sequel minutes later. Mm. It was pretty cool. This man does his homework. I like that. I had to know, you know, and yeah. I, I obviously I knew the premise of it, but I'd never seen the movie. And you have to admit when you watch that flick, which is like what, 1979, I think. Yeah. You have to admit it really laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff. Um, Very much. It, it, yeah. It was definitely ground zero for a lot of stuff, but no, I'm, I'm not real big into, into horror I, I hate to say that i definitely don't like gore um, no I don't, me neither yeah like my buddy's like oh man like human centipede and stuff like that and i'm like nope don't even describe it to me don't even describe it to me i don't want to know i'm so sorry i have nothing against i have nothing against people who like horror though because there's something unique about people who are like really into horror like they tend to have a great sense of humor um a very dark sense of humor they, there's a way that they're able to take 
that information off of the screen and categorize it in a far more comical way than most people. The people who are really into it. <laughs> Do yeah. you know about our horror movie challenge? No, what's that? Okay, so it, it's become our really this year, but Jessica has run for the past three years. Well, I've run the, it since 2017, um, but I skipped 2019, I think. So it's like one year was off. Yeah. But yeah, since 2017. Okay. Th- yeah. Three, three so basically, the challenge, it's a challenge. It's the largest. Sorry, let me. I'll just, I, know, I have a, a spiel. That I'll do. Okay. okay. So it's the largest uh, horror movie challenge on the internet. It's the challenge is to watch 100 more horror movies leading up to Halloween. So it starts every year at July 23rd, which is exactly 100 days before Halloween. And I make a list where I uh, enumerate out 100 different horror movies. You can tackle this any way you want to. You can watch them all on the weekend. You can double up on some days or you can just do one movie a day. Um, The only thing you win for completing the challenge is honor. And so cheating on the challenge is really just cheating yourself. No one to date has completed the challenge. I think Cam has gotten the furthest at 58. So that yeah. shows you that it's actually rather difficult to painful, watch 100, 100 horror movies. And but so, my, so, so Jessica has this theory that people stop because you can only see so much gore and horror. My stopping murder. point was yeah. I cannot watch another bad movie. <laughs> Because there, there were several that I ran into that, like in a row, and I was just like, I was Motel Hell one of them. It was no, but I'm but writing that down. This is why we're asking. Even you don't have to take part in the challenge, but anyone up to July 23rd is when the list comes out, mm-hmm. or that's when it starts. So the list may come out previous to that. I but, usually do it the weekend before, so people can like rent them or get them or whatever. Um, but you don't have to want, do the whole thing, but I do want you to pick one horror movie. I will. And by the way, uh, Motel Just Hell. Just Halloween because it's already on there. Yeah, correct. Uh, Motel Hell. The only reason I know about it is the guy that um, works here with me. Uh, he is fairly into horror and really creepy stuff. And he turned me on to that movie. It's a, I think it's a really early 80s horror flick. That it's, is the golden era. It, it is. <laughs> exactly. And I've seen a lot of it. I don't think I saw all of it. I want to say that you can actually watch it on YouTube for free. Um, but it was very entertaining in that just crazy, just early 80s, was the shot on video type of, um, you know, kind of B-flick. And the guy that stars in it, he plays a guy named Farmer Vincent. Uh, he's been in some other things. I can't remember his name, but... um. It's just a typical, just creepy, creepy, uh, you know, plot. And but anyway, you should check out um, Motel Hell. It's okay. it's definitely so entertaining. I like bad movies. Like I, I like watched, a fair amount. Yeah, yeah. I, I and so Cam was like, I have veto power, and like this is a battle already coming to fruition. <laughs> I think because I like cheese and I well, like no, bad. I don't mind. And also, good, a lot bad, of them. But there, there were just bad. They were just like, yeah. this is uninspired. It's it's like, boring. It's terrible. And I, that was what got so me. I Trolls haven't seen all of them. Yeah, I haven't seen all, like, obviously, all the movies that I'm going to put on the list. So sometimes there are some stinkers on there. But what's good about bad horror movies is that they're usually free on YouTube. And so yeah. you're not having to rent something every single day, especially, like, on a random Tuesday. If you're really trying to hit that challenge and you just want a 60-minute 1970s-era horror movie... 
to like get through that challenge. Yeah, I sit through a stinker, you know, laugh at it, have a good time. So hotel hell is added. Mo, mo, and, I think it should yeah. be mo, I think motel. It's motel hell. Yeah. Right. Either way. Okay. Yeah. It's added. And again, I think and, it's free on YouTube. So. And nice. when we get to that week, we may, we are probably going to be doing extra episodes where we mm-hmm. talk about these and do little mm-hmm. clips that won't get us taken off of YouTube. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will definitely do that. I can, I'll, I'll definitely pull one. I'm curious to know what your favorite horror movies are. Uh, hmm. Well, after last year, I, I, I can't say what for sure my favorite horror movies are, but having watched as many as I did last year, the two, there were two standouts. The best one that I watched was The Ritual, which is on Netflix. It's an and incredible movie. So it good. Was, it was very good. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those that's dealing with um, regret and... Um, because he 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 didn't step out when he was suppo- when he felt like he needed to to help his friend, and then this it, it's psych- it's very psychological. It's very Norse in places, like mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. iconography, the 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 bad creature. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Um, the other one I can't remember the name of, but I liked it because it was so absolutely. And Ryan's gonna remember the name of this one. But it was super disturbing and like purely psychological. And it was this. It was about a man who had this spider there go, there it is it's called possum it was about this man oh yeah who, that's from matt um Rothmange. um i can't remember matt's last name why am i i cannot believe that i'm spacing matt holness h-o-l-n-e-s-s okay. yeah okay. I, I did not google that by the way i just remembered it but uh, he played garth Marenghi, which you can watch that little short series on youtube as well but that possum is okay. his and Garth Marenghi, funny enough, is a parody of a horror writer, hmm. but he's actually super into it. But anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. But no, but that movie yeah. was, I really like the ones that unnerve me because yeah. that's a hard um, kind of emotional place to get to is like, like, oh, that's scary. Oh, that's frightening is one thing. But when yeah. it's like you feel it in your body, like right. if you watched Hereditary or or possum it's like this deep uncomfortability and i i like that because it it makes me question things if pop if possum is on your list you asked me to watch one movie if possum is on your list i want to watch that i can okay Okay. so possum will be on the list and what we can do is you watch that and you can come on and we can talk about how freaking weird it is yeah i really like matt holness too i just think he's fantastic so and plus, the lead so, in that had done some a fair amount of other stuff too, right? He's kind of a name. I don't know, but I didn't. He looked familiar him. from the trailer. I saw the trailer for it, but he looked weird. familiar. So yeah. it's weird. The the one that I'm gonna throw out there, um, I have basically a favorite movie uh, because I'm so into horror. I have a favorite in each category. So there's like psychological thriller, there's monster flick, and I just I could enumerate all of them. But the one I want to throw out is kind of an oddball called the perfect host and the baddie in it the bad guy is niles crane from fraser and it is a um it came out in 2010 oh wow i've not seen that. and it is it it is a very very different character and role for that actor because everybody is so used to him as niles crane and he actually plays the baddie in this one so it's uh 
it's a definite recommend and i'm actually going to put it on the list this year my only rule perfect host my only rule that i've added is that Ernest scared stupid has to show up on the list at some point oh man i love Ernest scared stupid but yeah on the list it has to be on the list at some point but beyond that like there are just some movies that i saw last year that i it was it was so bad i won't watch it again and so it's like if she mentions it i'll go no no i'm not kidding this is just not good like it's painfully bad um but beyond that we're gonna have to work out like a punch card system or something to like minimize (laughs) conflict (laughs) i don't think there's gonna be much it's just like there's some that i was just like if i watch this again i'll put a you know Okay, well, I don't want that. So, I think you're threatening me with suicide. I pretty much have to do whatever you say. Hey, hey, man, that's how I got married. That's how I I, I go. No, I'm just kidding. He's right. It could make a good movie. I had an idea for a movie the other day. I can't remember what it was, though. But, oh, no, it was stupid. I'm not going to mention that. (laughs) Never mind. All right. So stupid. Um, But, okay, I'll tell you. Uh, I was... I was playing with my boys, and we one of the games. Whoa, I whoa, whoa! Define boys. Oh, your actual children. My children. I have. Okay. I have five of them. Ah. Three of them have male genitals. Um, but I was playing with them, and we. They're older, so I can. <laughs> I can. I can do more imaginative play with them, and mm-hmm. so we were. I'll, I'll give them different superpowers, and they'll fight. You know, and I, fun. <laughs> and so the superpower I gave. Uh, and I, I thought it would be a funny movie if done darkly satirical, mind you. Um, but was a, um, a a guy who had the power of flinging farts wherever <laughs> he wanted them to go and lighting them on fire if he wanted to. <laughs> and the boys thought it was hilarious. Wow. But I was just like, imagine imagine if you tried it's to like put Mario this World. kind of like uh, the boy. It's called the boys, right on on uh, Amazon. Have you watched that? Um, it, it like in that sort of world, but with a fart superhero. <laughs> I like the fireball idea. It reminds me of like Super Mario World. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing uh, is funnier to a little boy than farts. That is the true. height of co- the peak of comedy for a little boy as far as er- so earliest. That's an awesome earliest uh, uh, discovered written joke <clears throat> is a fart joke. Well, 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 I figured it would have been a dick joke, nope, but farts fart have joke. taken it. Yeah, it's a Excellent. fart joke. Where does it come from? Uh, it was nice. Iraq. Uh, it was written. It's the oldest uh, text that they believe that they've ever found written. And the first joke that they ever found was that something like never has a woman's. Um, it's something to the fact of never has a woman sat and farted on her husband's lap. Hmm. It, oh, that's it, not it, true. Tr- <laughs> right. It, which is which is why it's a joke. But um, yeah, yeah uh, you'd have to look it up. If you Google it, you'll find it. But um, yeah, it was actually um, uh, it was found in Iraq, and it's the oldest recorded joke is a fart joke. So I know a couple who would aggressively fart on one another um, oh, to the gross. and so it got like it escalated uh, to the point where it got like a little violent oh. and it was all like in fun they were having a great time but they were like yes, aggressively yes. farting on one another it's like i do not get you people it came from the I sumerians would... and it was something which has never occurred since time immemorial a young woman did not fart in her husband's lap yep. <laughs> see they know <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, 
So just keep it you warm. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, and giving you a chuckle. <laughs> yeah. What is your white pill? You know, you know, we do this. I've done this to you before. What is something right now that gives you hope in this world? Doesn't have to be political. Can be pub- private. Last time you said the building of the land and uh, getting out of debt with uh, Trump and all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's your floor. Michael Malice not only filling the number one spot on Amazon, but Michael Malice filling the number two spot on Amazon. That's incredible. And again, yeah. it it has everything to do not only with the fact that he is talking about literal anarchism, by the way, not the, um, I think as Tom Woods put it one time, that he calls himself a libertarian because if you say anarchist, then people think about a kid throwing a trash can through like a Starbucks window. And I was like, that's really... That says it all, right? I mean, um, mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense. I think he actually said that to Malice on one of his shows. Well, yeah, I'm an anarchist, but I don't say that because this is what people think. So not yeah. only is it it's real anarchism, but we are talking about a guy who cut out the middleman completely. And all mm-hmm. he did was like tweet it out and put it on locals and stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. If that's not a white pill, I don't know what it is. And his words are coming out of Ron DeSantis's mouth, mm-hmm. who is currently leading arguably the freest state in the United States right now. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would absolutely say so. Uh, although I always tr- I always mention because I think this is true um, that Noam in South Dakota, I think that she implemented no COVID. So in other words, yeah. DeSantis lifted restrictions pretty quickly. But I honestly think that Noam instituted no restrictions in her state. The only the reason I say right now is because he when the words vaccine passport came out, he, d- he said no to that with a quickness. And then yep. Texas and other states have followed him since. Mm-hmm. Right. That is, that, is, that is why I say it's arguably. And he, used, and he used his local power. You can disagree with the existence of that power, but he did use his local power to protect the people that live within those borders from those feds. That's right. Good stuff. Right. Okay, so... We'll go through all of the things we need to tell the audience at the end, but I give you a choice on our stupid video of the week. One, offensive white pastor rappers or a man who cannot stay in a canoe. (laughs) Do I get to watch both? You get to watch one of them. You get to choose. Yeah, let's do it. Which, Which one? I haven't seen them. Well, just choose, which, which one? He, just, he just wants you to pick randomly. Yeah. Right, just, pick, uh, okay. Oh, say so you said white rapper pastors. Yeah, I think. I, I, yeah, I think you had I think you probably had me there. I mean, okay. you know, canoe is like it's almost like the nut shot of uh, of boating. Right. It's the canoe. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> let's for you, since I love you so much, we'll do both. But okay. let's start with the rap. Yay. <laughs> yeah, please, please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna work. Rapping for Jesus. Oh, this is gonna work. I feel reached out to. Well, I wrote this song for the Christian youth. I want to teach kids the Christian truth. If you want to reach those kids on the street, then you gotta do a rap to a hip hop beat. So I gave my sermon an urban kick. My rhymes are fly, my beats are sick. My crew is big and it keeps getting bigger. That's because Jesus Christ is my nigga. Oh, oh, no! 
no. No. How is this real? How is this I don't, real? I don't think it is, but it looks so real. He's a life changer, miracle arranger, born to the virgin mom in a manger, water to wine, he's a drink exchanger. You can't and he use died that for word, city. man. I preach the word, that's my gig, and I rhyme better than Notorious Big. All the other MCs, I wish them well, but if you live in sin, you burn in hell. <laughs> I'ma pass the mic to my lovely wife. She's a fly MC and the light of my life. So the buster rhyme without further ado. Take it away, Mary Sue. Jesus Christ is my nigga. <laughs> He's the son of the original G. And he was sent to Earth to elucidate the way that we should be. What? <laughs> like if another MC says you're a freak, you're a lame butt rapper and your rhymes are weak. I don't get mad and I don't critique. I forgive him. And turn the other cheek. I don't <laughs> blaspheme and I don't brag. I don't cuss. And my pants don't sag. I do exude a little Christian swag. And I'm proud to be an American. Jesus Christ <laughs> is a nigga. Okay, that was the most offensive part of this. Let, Let his love pop a cap in your butt and say hallelujah. Jesus Christ is a nigga. He's a homie MCJC, you see, he's an honest, caring, peace-loving nigga like me. If you do drugs and you think you're cool, you need to come to Sunday school. Put those drugs in a garbage can. Stand up tall, you're a Christian man. Word up. I'm freestyle. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I need oh, a shower. Oh, that's <laughs> insane, dude. I, where do you even find such a thing? That's crazy. <laughs> where where does that exist? I I this is an old video for me. Like this is years ago I saw this and I, I remembered it the other day. And then someone posted it today and I was like, oh, I need to download that again. Posted it where? On Twitter somewhere. Wow. Okay. Is who's that on YouTube it? though? Yeah. Who's yes. hosting it? Is it Odyssey? No, hosting. no. You said it's on YouTube. It was on YouTube. It, oh, it was. Okay. <laughs> All right. We got that off of YouTube. That's y'all. Uh, y'all have that video up. Oh. Uh, that's, that's so, so weird. You, you ready for some some canoe? Yes. Absolutely. Right. Here, 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 we here. need hard to beat though. And if I move, it sinks lower. Oh, Sarah, help me. Oh, oh my God, hold on. Ah, oh, Sarah, help me. Nope. And my kayak sinking. Sarah. Sarah, I don't know what to do. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Can you get my stand up? No. Yes. Oh no, there's it's too deep. Oh, you're going in, dude. There's too deep here. Okay, 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 okay. Oh no. This is how you die in nature. No. He's, he's not making it. Oh my god. Oh my god, I don't know what to do. Oh no. Oh, Sarah. Oh my god. What do you want me to do? I don't know how to help you. You need to go to land and go flip your kayak over. I can't. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Okay, okay, all right. Calm down. Listen to me. Oh, Listen so to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of these videos is real, though. <laughs> right? That one so, I do believe is real. You think he's I actually had, struggling? No, I yeah. know. I know that boy. Um, he was my roommate in college. And. <laughs> He, there is, yeah, that's a real person because he, a very similar person, was my roommate, and he would have exactly acted that way if he were put into water like that. So okay. I believe that that's real. Yeah, he seemed like he was being a little cheeky at one point. So uh, yeah, that's his nature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Nasty. Yeah. Well, He's a I mean. You know, He's the a funny rappers, bunny, as they say. The rappers win if we're if we're saying which one's better. The rappers definitely. Win. <laughs> the rappers um, definitely win. Uh, did y'all ever see the videos from back in the day, Sassy Gay Friend? Yes, I'm a big fan of the Sassy Gay Friend videos. I'm probably gonna bring that up, bring that in next week, just so you okay. know. Okay. Um, because right. you just reminded me of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so with that, we are nearing the end. So. Uh, thank you for coming back, Dent. We always thank we always enjoy me. seeing your sweet sweet face on this on this show. <laughs> and it's so, if you want if you want to become mutuals with Dent, which is the best part of Twitter, you can find him at Dent in the World on Twitter. And Dent, I can't tell you how many compliments I get on the sound of this show now, like Dude. constantly. Somebody asked the other day, and I know I know you chimed in, but I mean that I'm telling you, man, particularly for close miking, that really is the one. It's just such a no brainer. It's like not even funny. Yeah, and and that's the thing. If you if you want this mic, which is a Shure MV7, which is a fantastic microphone, you can go to ZenProAudio.com and buy yourself one from Dent, and that is easily the most important part to me. Is if you want a microphone get it from that guy because mm -hmm. he deserves your business. Um, other than that, it's just our stuff to shill now. So for starters, join Rockfin so you can watch all of my old stuff, all of mine and Jessica's old stuff. Screenshot it if you do. Join um, if you aren't subscribed on Odyssey, on YouTube, um, on Rockfin. We're doing a raffle. And if you want to win a shirt, we will give away five. If you show us proof that you have subscribed to the channel, you get one for any free subscription on Odyssey, YouTube, Rockfin. If you buy a membership to Rockfin where you can hear us, Monica Perez, Sam Tripoli, um, Jimmy Dore, Mike Cernovich, Scott Adams, all sorts of people, um, you get three, your name put in there three times. So, Mm -hmm. You know, you could get five, your name put in there five times. I'm not going to give you five shirts, but. You can only win one shirt, yeah. but it's, it Ooh. ups your chances to win the shirt. The more times you're in the raffle, you guys know how raffles work. Come on. <laughs> so do that and uh, join us there and check out. Oh, wait, let me see. Before I get into the super boring stuff next week, Natalie Danilition is coming on from the Mises Institute and the converter of Rob Schneider through womanly means. It sounded much worse than I meant it. Um, following <laughs> that, I, I got no response from her today, but I called her a natural treasure. <laughs> and That's I said so all accurate. I said all three of you. <laughs> but uh, So Natalie has COVID. 
and yeah, she's suffering badly from it. Yes. So if you guys are prayers or yeah. you just like to think good thoughts for people, spare one for Natalie because she's going through it right now. Yeah. And we may have to shift some some stuff up. So yeah. we'll see how she's doing then. Um, We're flexible. Past that, past that, we have Mr. Mike from, Mike Meharry from the Tenth Amendment Center. If you believe in de- decentralization and nullification. Also, he has a show called Godarchy. He will be on the week after that. Great guy. Smart man. Wonderful person to talk to. Episode 99 of our show will be Miss Maddie from the Voluntary Vixens, an old friend of mine and a hippie yogi at that. And then after that, it's episode 100. And I'm telling you nothing right now. I'm telling you nothing. I have nothing planned. And that's why I'm telling you nothing. Or I have something great planned. There's no telling. There's no doubt. <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Cam Harless, if you want to follow Miss Jessica, it's at Soup Canarchist. All of our shows are available audio, video in several places. Um, if you want to listen to it, any podcatcher or wearethemadones.com, or if you want to hear that mixed with a bunch of other good shows from people who love freedom, mlganetwork.com. We need to update some things, but a great place beyond that like i said subscribe uh go to zen pro audio and get some coffee from lorenzotti coffee it's great italian coffee you can try you can get it whole bean and i believe you can get it ground but i've only done whole bean um because that's just get the whole bean i'm apparently a hipster um but if you go there lorenzotti.coffee and buy that coffee um Use the promo code the Mad Ones for ten percent off, and we get a little, little cut of that. And so, with that, anything else to say to these fine people, Dent? Um, find freedom where you can find it now. Yes, hmm. sir. How about you, Jessica? Any any parting words? No, I gotta pee. I want to get out of okay. here. <laughs> Just got to pee. So, with that, dear audience, be the glitch that you want to see in the Matrix. 